0: Hello, 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 all you beautiful people. This is Amber Unerson.
1: And I'm Kelsey Unerson.
0: And this is our podcast, You Are the Alchemist, where we talk about all things mental health in a fun and relatable way. And this week we're discussing um, how the liver or how, the, how anger affects the liver, eyes, and gallbladder. Uh, this is the last installment of our little series that we're doing on how um, emotions affect the body and how, how mental health affects the body. And this one, uh, by now, we figured out that mental and physical well-being are very intricately intertwined. So, yeah,
1: yeah. everything that we've gone over um, definitely corresponds with. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And then uh, next week we're going to do an episode on depression and high functioning depression. Then follow that with an episode on high functioning anxiety, and then we'll just see where it goes from there. Those were a couple of the requests that we got, so like we've said multiple times, if you guys have anything you want us to discuss or talk about, feel free to send us a DM or an email and just let us know what's on your mind, and we can cover it in an episode. Uh, And now to get into this, um, the liver is the part of our body that ensures energy and blood flow are smoothly going throughout the body, and it regulates bile secretion and is connected with the tendons, nail, and eyes. So a lot of times, if you have like stiffness in your tendons or different muscles, that could be an indication that your liver is not functioning at its optimum potential. Um, Of course, don't take our word for it. Make sure you talk to a medical professional or anything like that if you are having serious issues with that. This is not meant to diagnose you or tell you what's wrong with you. This is just meant to give you guys information. And then we do encourage that you seek assistance from a medical professional or a mental health professional if you feel that you are in need of any of that and the liver according to eastern medicine is connected to anger and when anger is out of balance it actually can contribute to liver dysfunction Um, and when the liver is not functioning properly then nutrients are not moving through your body the way that they're supposed to and it's specifically when the negative emotions aren't expressed then that is when it does cause issues even across all of the organs, that's kind of what we've seen, is that it's when the emotions are repressed that it actually starts to cause long-term issues for your health.
1: Yes, I, uh, I don't have a whole lot on the liver and all that, to be honest. The only thing that I thought of was when you mentioned the eyes, and uh, a lot of people that have liver failure, their eyes turn yellow.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true.
1: But that's all, that's all I really thought about.
0: so um when you're going when you're feeling like a sense of anger like anger is not a negative emotion by any means anger is actually a very useful emotion it's actually one of the emotions that helps us be motivated to take on what we need to take on or to face challenges or to deal with things that need to be dealt with so anger is actually a good motivational emotion and it is just when that anger is out of balance or when there's, like, a lot of it that has gone repressed that it'll cause issues. And that's because when we repress our emotions, it adds up the energy in our body. And anger is one of the emotions we repress the most. It's one of the ones that people are most comfortable with expressing, but it's also one of the ones that is repressed the most. Because, you know, people have the mindset of I'm going to pick my battles or... Yeah.
1: Yeah, like, when you're in a grocery store and someone pisses you off, you're obviously not going to, like, unleash on them. (laughs) I mean, most people won't. Some people will, but, like, you kind of just shove it down. Or if something happens at work and you can't tell your boss off, you push that down. And, yeah, yes, I agree.
0: And especially even with, like, family and friends and loved ones, like, it's okay to get angry with the people in your life that you care about. It's how you deal with the anger. Yeah. And a lot of times it's not expressed in a healthy way or it's not expressed at all. And that's one of the biggest factors when... Because there's different kinds of anger. There's the righteous anger. There is anger from past situations that you've gone through. There's anger from simple things that have happened that pissed you off that you pushed down for too long and then eventually it explodes. It's just anger is a very... Um, I don't know, I would say multi... Fluid emotion. Yeah, a very fluid emotion. That's a good one. Um, and a lot of times we won't we won't express that because we don't want our families to get mad at us. We don't want to cause confrontation. We don't want to cause issues with other people. And that's good to an extent. But if that's going to be the case, then there has to be a healthy outlet for that anger that is in a safe environment.
1: I can kind of speak to this because I had, I'm sure you remember, I had anger issues. Like, I don't know, how old am I? I would say like 10 years ago, I had like uncontrollable anger issues where I would get violent and I would punch holes in doors. I would punch, I would try to punch my wall, but then I found out my wall was brick and it just, you know, it it just broke my knuckle. So... (laughs) Um you know i would I would start driving erratically anytime I would get angry and i can't I can't
0: even think of how much damage you've done to my cars a few times.
1: I did not yes, like maybe the engine yeah like your no, car. no no, no, like, not
0: crashing, but you're like the, the engine it
1: crashes your car
0: yeah, I know, <laughs> I know,
1: but yeah, I probably slipped your transmission quite a few times, yeah, um,
0: my little Kia <laughs> yeah,
1: but um. A way something that helped me overcome it, um, and obviously, I'm not pushing anything, but antidepressants did help because a lot of something a lot of people don't think about is a symptom of depression is anger, yeah, and it is irritability. And a lot of people don't think about that, yep. they just see anger as anger and they see depression as. Oh, you, Sadness. Don't, you don't want to get out of your bed, yeah. which is not at all. And we'll get into that next week, I guess. But um, when I did get on an antidepressant, for a, it did improve it, although I was on the wrong antidepressant <laughs> for a long time. But the first one that they put me on, it, it was helpful for that. Um, but I had different side effects that I had to stop taking it for. But then they put me on another one that made my anger worse. And I was on that for many, several years, which was bad. But, anyways, what I have found is when you are angry, um, I think there's something like a one, two, three count where you wait to react. Yeah. And, like, and what I do is when I'm angry, I try not to react right away and I sit with it and then I will kind of plan out a discussion in my head and I will go to the person that made me angry and try to talk to them calmly about it. Right. It doesn't always work. I'm not I'm not perfect by any means. I have blown up on people plenty of times, but that is something that I found helpful is, and it's hard to train yourself because... You're so used to responding immediately. But if you can just at least do like a three count, take three deep breaths, and just be like, okay, I'm gonna, you can either deal with it then in a calm manner or you can sit with it for a while.
0: Yeah. And for me, I usually have to walk away. I have to walk away from the situation, get myself into a calm, logical state. Because if you look, if you think about it, Anger puts you into a fight or flight survival state. Yeah. And if you are a fighter like I am, then you will end up doing things that you regret when you're angry. Whereas if you run away from it, then that's not really expressing the anger either in a healthy way. But because you're in that survival mindset, you really only have the ability to choose from a survival point or a survival stance, which is your fight or flight, fawn or freeze. And a lot of people will also do people-pleasing if they're angry or if they see somebody else is angry, then they'll go into the fond state of being. Or freeze is where you just don't do anything. You don't respond. And then, so for me as a fighter, I have to walk away mo- more often than not. Because yeah. if I don't, I will explode in that moment, and then I will regret it later.
1: Yes. I'm a fighter, and my wife is a freezer, so it doesn't go off. Freezer. Well. <laughs>
0: Um, but the thing to really understand the most about this is that anger is not unhealthy. It's not bad. We don't look in, in the mental health world, we don't look at any emotions as good or bad. All emotions just are what they are. It's just an emotion. It just exists. And then that time, like Kelsey was talking about the one, two, three method, when you have the time to think about it and reflect on it. That's when you get to choose how you're going to react and what you're going to do. And I also teach that in my coaching course. It's the stop, observe, and analyze. So then you stop, um, you observe your emotions and what's going on. Then you analyze uh, the different actions that you could take and the course of action that you could take. And then the last step in that is you decide what it is that you want to do and that's when we can decide if we want to deal with anger in a healthy way, if we want to go about it and explode. Most of the time, if you take that time to think, you're not going to explode. But the another really important thing to get is that no emotion is good or bad. It just is what it is. They exist as they are, and they're meant to exist that way.
1: It's human. It's the reaction that's good or bad. Right. If someone with an anger issue, <clears throat> like I had, my reaction was bad. It really... I never hurt someone physically, but it hurt them emotionally or mentally, yep. you know? Yep. So it's kind of one of those things that you just have to learn how to react with it. And some people, I mean, some people do have mental health diseases that will make anger worse. Bipolar, for instance.
0: Uh yeah, you anxiety, know? ADHD. Yeah, all of it. Almost every single mental health condition. In one way or another, has anger or irritability yeah. or frustration well, as a side your, effect.
1: Yeah, like anger is for everyone. It's not just for people with mental health. Effects. Right, right. But a lot of mental health health diseases will exacerbate your like the anger reaction.
0: Right, it makes it worse because. A lot of also what is behind mental health conditions is the inability to regulate your emotions. Right. So you don't have the ability to control your emotions or how intensely you feel them unless you take that time to stop and observe them and analyze and decide, or you do the one, two, three method and then decide how you want to proceed. There's so many different ways you do it, but it is a conscious decision. You have to make that decision.
1: Like think about a child. A child, you might know this, when when does someone fully learn how to regulate their emotions?
0: It is not until they're 11 or 12, and that's only if they have a strong example of emotional regulation.
1: Okay, so take for example the way that a child reacts. I mean, everyone's seen a kid have a tantrum. But, yeah. And if you don't, if you weren't given the right tools to learn how to regulate those emotions, then it's probably a high chance that you're going to grow up and still throw, maybe not a two-year-old tantrum, but in Adult a way, tantrums. it's when you blow up at someone and you say things that you shouldn't say or don't even mean at that time, you know? Right. So. And
0: emotional rela- regulation is something that has to be taught. It's not something... Like we, as children, we have the capability to self-soothe because if you see a baby, they'll self-soothe by sucking their thumb or by sucking on a binky or by holding a blanket or a stuffy. Like we're born with the ability to self-soothe, but then through conditioning and different things with the subconscious mind, we lose that ability. But when you have someone with anxiety, depression, ADHD, even if they have been taught how to do that, it's not always easy. Like, I I have anxiety and ADHD, and it's almost impossible unless I stop myself to actually be able to regulate my emotions, and I have to take deep breaths, I have to meditate, I have to go take a quick walk, like, there are so many things I have to do, and if I am not in the mental state to be able to do those things, then that's usually when I'll react in a way that is negative and harmful and not a healthy way to react. Right. Right. And sorry, my voice, I have a little bit of laryngitis this week, so I'm trying to keep (laughs) my voice as long as possible. Um, Some of the things that you'll notice when you have repressed anger is going to be like a feeling of heaviness or being weighed down or like disconnection from those around you, headaches, uh, tightness in your jaw, tightness in your tendons, your neck, your shoulders, your chest, just tightness anywhere in your body is one of the things that will help indicate if there is repressed anger. And this is according to Eastern Medicine, Dr. Anmin Poor. So it's, this is just the Eastern Medicine perspective of things. Um, and repressed anger can actually lead to depression. It can lead to paranoia, and it can lead to passive-aggressive behavior. Uh, those are some of the things that are results of repressed anger if it goes on for a continued amount of period of time and it becomes chronic. And it's um, anger is often seen as something that needs to be hidden away. Uh, However, it's a natural emotion. So it's not something that we should hide away. It's just we have to learn to manage it in a healthy way. We can't go exploding on people or beating the crap out of people when we get mad. But there are healthy ways to manage it. Um, And a lot of times even if someone does not show anger to other people, they will show anger to themselves. Mm -hmm. And that is a big thing to keep in mind too, is when you don't have a healthy outlet for it and you know you can't do it, you can't give that to other people because you don't want them to reject you or abandon you, then a lot of times that direct anger is turned on yourself. And you can have intense inner conflict You can feel like you're too much, you can get self-righteous, you can become passive-aggressive, which then is going to affect all of your relationships. And like some of those things are like broken relationships is often a result of repressed anger. Uh, Self-sabotaging behaviors. So like when you intentionally do something that you know is going to push somebody away because it's safer that way, that's like a self-sabotaging behavior. Or intentionally doing something that you know that you shouldn't because in your mind it's unforgivable, or somebody else has told you it's unforgivable, but you do it anyways so that you can continue to have that mindset of a lot of times worthlessness or not being worthy, not feeling good enough. A lot of times we will do things unconsciously that will actually confirm that idea back to ourselves.
1: Yeah, like you're creating the situation that. Um, like a situation to where you truly are not worthy of something. You know right. I mean? Yep. Yep. Like a lot of
0: times in relationships, yeah, I was going to go there, Yeah, I wasn't
1: sure. But like, I mean, when me and my wife had terrible, terrible, it, like when it got really bad, it was, um, I truly couldn't keep my anger under control. Or, and like, it was just, it was the smallest of things. I mean, when I was on all the medication switches last year, uh, I was driving on 80 and there was this, just a reckless driver. Um, and he, we, we were like getting off on a ramp and he was in front of me and there was a car in front of him and he completely cut off the car and almost made that car, crash and there was a kid in the car so I literally chased this guy down and he went into he like pulled into a gas station to get gas and I just I followed him in there and I ripped his head off you know like and that it's like instances like that where you you truly aren't in your right mind I was definitely not in my right mind because I would never do that in a million years now, like as a, the person that I am. Um, but that was the kind of stuff that I was doing when things got really bad in my relationship. And I mean, come to find it's, this isn't the case for everyone, but come to find out it was because I had been switching medications so much trying to figure out my diagnosis, uh, They were trying to figure out if I had bipolar or not. And it turns out I I do not have bipolar, but they were putting me on bipolar meds, which was really messing with me. And it actually turned out that my antidepressants were the thing that was giving me the symptoms of bipolar. Yeah. So it was just this disgusting vortex of just like the wrong medication, the wrong... And I'm not... I'm not saying don't do medication. I'm saying do it right. Look up gene site, take the test. It will tell you what your body can and cannot withstand. Right. But that's, yeah, that was my experience. Like anger literally tore my relationship apart. And I'm thankful that I was able to save it or salvage it. Um, but for a lot of people, and that's not the that's case. That's not the case. And my wife was very patient and um she
0: she yeah and and it can be even anger that's not directed at that person yeah. it can be anger that you've I mean, had I've for seen years people cut
1: people off on the interstate my entire, for 15 years and I never responded that way right <laughs> you know oh but I mean
0: just in general like with your relationships oh, and stuff yeah, yeah. it's not always necessarily anger towards your partner or towards your no. best friend or towards your yeah, sibling. Absolutely it's just not. anger in general. Even if you're angry with yourself, you can put yourself in situations where you're actually creating more anger within your world, within your reality.
1: Yeah. You've exploded me on me for things
0: that Yeah, we're sisters
1: though. <laughs> yeah, but I don't we, think we've that been together all of, thirty-three years. I don't 30 think years. All of that anger was always directed at me. Oh I mean, no. I mean no. in our adult life. Like something will happen between us. And it's
0: really not. It's out of proportion. Yeah. It's
1: really not that bad, but because of whatever you're dealing with on the other side of your life.
0: It just kind of, and a lot of times it's directed towards the people we love the most. Yeah. Like my sister's my rock. She always has been. Yeah. But she, that makes it where she is a safety person for me. I know she's not going to leave me. So often she gets the brunt of the emotions that I don't show to other people. That's a really
1: big thing with spouses too. Yeah. Because I would be angry at my family or my coworkers. But in my mind, I knew that I couldn't lash out at them, but I could lash out at my wife. So one little thing would set me off and I would explode. And then hours later... After we had been fighting all night, it comes down to, like, she or I would figure out, like, that's not even what you're mad about. Right. You're just blowing it up because you're mad about this, this, and this.
0: Right. And it very rarely actually has to do with the other person. It's just that people that we feel safest with are often the ones that get the brunt of things, Uh, which is where codependency. Codependency can also be a result of repressed anger. Um, being judgmental towards others. Uh, a lot of times an inability to relax is another sign that your anger might be out of balance. Um, being or uh, a harsh inner critic is also uh, anger. Which I don't know, like, I don't know if everybody has an inner monologue. I know not everybody has it. Yeah. But I have an inner monologue, and if I'm angry at the world or angry at whatever, I often will be a lot more harsh to myself than when I am when I'm not angry. Yeah. Just because that's what I'm feeling at the moment, and it's then, like, everything culminates, and that's another sign of, like, repressed anger is a harsh inner critic. Um, And then a lot of times a confused sense of self or confusion when it comes to your self-identity. Those are other things that can be indications of suppressed anger. And a lot of times what people don't realize is like emotions start to come up when you're ready to process them. Um, Because you have to be at a specific state within your own health and wellness to be able to process emotions or deal with repressed memories or deal with repressed anger. Because if not, you're not at a point where you're healthy enough to handle that. So your brain will keep those things repressed until you're at a point where you can actually deal with them and face them. Because that's the brain's number one job, is to keep you safe. So if you notice that things start to come up that you weren't... Remembering before, or the anger starts to come up that you haven't felt in a really long time, that can also be repressed emotions or cycles that you need to finish out pretty much unfinished business that you have not dealt with inside of yourself. And when that stuff starts to come up and you're conscious and aware of it, that's when it's like, okay, I can deal with this emotion now. I can deal with this suppressed anger. I can deal with whatever it is that's causing my current situation.
1: Just like what happened to you yesterday?
0: Right? Yeah, I have. I had stuff come up yesterday from six years ago. I think it's been about six, four. I don't know. No, it's been almost five years ago. Yeah, I had stuff come up from almost five years ago that I have not even thought twice about, and it was that something triggered me, and I was a wreck. I was an emotional wreck all day, and it wasn't anything that was happening right now. No,
1: but that must mean that your body's
0: ready to deal with it, right? And a lot of times we repress those things because we're not in a state where we can deal with and those you're things.
1: You're in that fight or flight feeling. Yep. So you fight, you repress it, you never deal with it because you're trying to fight to survive. Right. And
0: that's actually in my program too. Yeah. I have a whole I have a whole week on that one. Oh, nice. Uh, like your fight your fight or flight mode, survival modes, and getting yourself out of survival. Now, mode. What's
1: your program going to be called?
0: Uh, it's going to be called From Ashes to Gold. I am a couple weeks from getting the website launched and everything. I'll put more updates when that happens, but I finally got all the videos, all the content, everything that I'm going to put into that program, and it's going to be a six-month program, so there's a lot of good information.
1: Yeah, that could be really helpful for some of the listeners. All of us, probably. (laughs)
0: It's uh, mostly like your nervous system, your subconscious mind, dysregulation, uh, learning about boundaries, how to set boundaries when you need boundaries, and then really to focus on creating the future that you want. Because a lot of times our mental state and our subconscious mind will hold us back from the future that we actually want. And if we continue to do the same things that we've done up to this point in time, then we'll continue to get the same results. So it's a lot of self-awareness, teaching people about their nervous system, uh, about the subconscious mind, because that's one of my biggest passions. I love the subconscious mind. I think it's the most fascinating thing in the world. But anyways, that's in a couple weeks. I'll give you guys more updates then. So now we're going to start getting into uh, some of the ways to deal with suppressed anger. Um, one of the So the very first thing that we have to do when we're dealing with anger is, is to understand that suppressed anger is not the same as expressed anger. If you've already expressed anger about a certain thing, then that's not something you need to deal with. It's more what is behind that. What's the anger behind that? What's causing this now in the present? And that's going to be your suppressed anger. Um, And a lot of times suppressed anger can look like bottling up emotions. Um, When you release those emotions either through writing or talking to someone or like when we explode on people and we release everything that's been on our mind for however long, that's actually releasing anger in not a healthy way. But um, talking to someone about it is a healthy way to deal with it, especially if it's like a therapist or trusted friend, trusted loved one, someone that you know is going to offer you a safe environment to discuss those things that make you angry. That is one thing that can take suppressed anger into expressed anger and release it so that you don't have to keep carrying it around. And then writing for me, it's writing. Um, I do not have many people that I will talk to about my emotions. My sister is probably one of the only ones that I will actually talk to about
1: my emotions. And I literally have to rip it out of her. I can tell on her face when something's wrong. (laughs) And she will tell me over and over it's nothing, nothing. Dude, I am not leave you alone until you... Yeah, that's what she did yesterday. Get that shit out. Yeah.
0: But, so she is often the one that creates that safe space for me. It doesn't necessarily have to be a therapist or counselor. It can just be someone that creates a safe space. Um, so if I don't write it down or write it out, I will talk to her about it. And usually she has to drag it out of me. If she doesn't, then I usually journal about it and I deal with it that way. Um some of the signs that you might have some anger that needs deal yeah,
1: I want to say a few more things on
0: how you can deal it. Oh, okay.
1: Um I don't know if anyone knows about those like um rage. destruction rooms. Yeah, rage rooms. rage rooms. That would be awesome. Um some of the ways that I deal with my anger is I blast screamo music. I know that's not for everyone, but I like that. Too. I love doing that. And I will scream, I usually don't know the words because I can't (laughs) understand them, but I will just scream at the top of my lungs while listening to that. Or, you know, I've driven out into the middle of the country before and parked and just screamed or cried. I mean, you can release anger with crying, too. Yeah, It's not, you don't have to hurt something or destroy something. To to to, deal with your anger. And I think that's what a lot of people think. And like, here I am telling people to go to the rage room because that is sometimes the outlet for people. But I've dealt with anger by getting on my guitar and writing a new song. Yeah. And I just put all of my anger into the song. Yep. There's multiple ways. There's not one right way to do it. You have to find what works for you.
0: Exactly. And uh, there's also more on that too. But for the signs, Like when you're lashing out, when you feel on edge, when you have a short temper, when you feel out of control of any emotion, uh, whether it's sadness, happiness, grief, anger, when you feel out of control of your emotions, that's also a sign that there's probably some anger behind it. Um, Something to realize along with what Kelsey said is that people often see anger as a destructive emotion. But it's not meant to be destructive. It's only destructive when it's not put into something good. Like for me, I was really angry about what happened with my job and different things like that. And instead of letting it bring me down, I put it into creating a digital course because it's something that I wanted to do. And I was like, well, fuck it. I don't have anything else to do right now. So this is what I'm going to do. And that was a way for me to process that as much as it can help other people. So it dis- anger doesn't have to be destructive. It can be good, and it can be the motivational factor, and it can be what helps you create an, yeah. a different reality. There's
1: a lot of um, famous artists that yeah. they their creations come from their anger.
0: Yep. Sculptures. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times it's anger at society. It's True. not even anger <laughs> just at their past. They put their anger into everything, and you will you will notice the artists and creators and all of that that use their emotions as a background to create their creations because those artists are the ones that are, like, famous. Picasso, he was a very angry, messed up, sad man. Yes. He had lots and lots and lots of psychological issues. I think he might even have had schizophrenia. I'm not 100% sure. But Picasso paintings are some of the most paintings in the entire world, or some of the most famous paintings in the entire world. Van Gogh is another one. He had a ton of emotional disturbances and mental disturbances, and his paintings are some of the most beautiful in the entire world. A lot of the music that people love so much is music that was written out of a place of emotion.
1: There's also that writer that wrote, um, "Man, I'm completely blanking." It's one of my favorite poems. R.M. Drake? No, he was a, he was from like the old 1900s. Um, Ed? Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe. Yes, yep. I love him. Yeah,
0: he but is one he of my favorites. He was
1: messed up too. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he had a lot of psychological things going on um, and mental, mental, emotional, everything. Yeah. Um. So. Those are some things to keep in mind, like when we start lashing out or we're really on edge or we have a really short temper or we just feel out of control. Those are some signs that there might be something that we need to look deeper into. Um, Other things, so talking to someone about your anger is one way. Using art as an outlet for it, rage rooms. um, Those are some of the ways you can deal with repressed anger. Uh, relaxation techniques, so yoga, meditation, breathing exercises, and progressive muscle relaxation. Which I think we talked about this in one of the other episodes. Yeah, where you where tighten, you tighten your muscle, and then loosen. Yeah. yeah. Um, writing down thoughts and feelings. It's so funny because I did that with my I did that with my journals for the last two and a half years, and it's insane to look back at what my journals were saying two and a half three years ago to what they say now. There was so much more, like, pain and anger and sadness and grief in my old journals, but now if you look, them, look at them, it's, like, gratitude or lessons that I learned or things that I can use for the future or things to help other people through stuff. It's just your, your stuff changes as you learn to release these things and allow them to be expressed.
1: I would say something with anger, too. Um... If you do have anger, sometimes you need to take a step back and realize if it is something worth being angry about.
0: Yeah, that's a good point too. Because
1: sometimes it will be a self-insecurity. It Mm -hmm. will be, you took it the wrong way. You completely misunderstood the situation. It's Right. And that could also be another way to um, process that anger because... Sometimes we have an anger snap because something someone says and they may not know that you're self-insecure about something or exactly. you're struggling with that thing that they said, like whatever they were talking about. There's so many different scenarios where do I really need to be angry about this? Was this actually how I interpreted it? It goes back to that perception yep. the one that we did an interpretation. You, you have to think there's been many times that I got angry about something. I went to discuss it with the person that I was angry at and it turned out to be a a huge misunderstanding. So that is also another technique I would use as well is to try to process if it is, if anger is the correct emotion that you should, that should be at this. Right. If you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, absolutely, because your perception is everything. Even me and Kelsey will have issues. Oh, because man.
1: We had a blowout a couple weeks ago. Yep, we Huge. did. Huge. I think worst, worst fight we've ever had.
0: In years. I, I, Yeah. I don't even think when we were younger we fought yeah. like that.
1: But guess what? It was resolved within 10, 15 minutes yep. because we both realized, okay, you were trying to say this. I was trying to say this. We misunderstood each other. Right. And we were doing it
0: through texting. And my perception of the situation was not the same as hers because what she is battling with or was battling with regarding that situation is different for me because I didn't have that same experience. Right. And that's a lot of times what we need to remember too is that every single person in the world is looking through things through their own lens. Right. Even your relationships with other people, your relationship is a reflection of your perception of that person. It's not even, you don't even know if that's even an accurate representation of who that person is. It's just your perception of who that person is, is actually what you have a relationship with. And that's the same goes for anybody else and you, their perception of you is going to affect everything else. And that was the only thing is it was a huge, it wasn't like we both had valid points, but our valid points were not coming from, they were coming from the same place but the way we were communicating them it didn't seem like it was coming from the same place
1: yes. because
0: of how i perceived it and how she perceived it
1: and she didn't you didn't experience the religious trauma that i experienced
0: right cuz i always so had my own you belief had system no
1: way to understand why it was something so heavy significant on me, yeah you know and so when we were talking about it she had no way of understanding what the trauma had done to me and why I was trying to say something about it. Because in her mind, she never got wrapped up in it the way that I did. No. So.
0: And I never struggled with my faith the way that Kelsey has either. Right. Because I always had my own code. I've always had my own code, my own system of beliefs. Right. It wasn't, and I didn't let other people sway me in that area.
1: Whereas I was extremely brainwashed. And yeah. I And she the was rules. vulnerable. I was very vulnerable. I I was devout. I thought that there was one way and only one way, you know. Yeah. And and then, you know, as time went on, obviously it was a struggle for me. And yeah. It, but Amber is a totally different mentality. She has a totally different mentality than I did. So she didn't experience the same things that I did.
0: Right. So even people who love each other as much as we do, do and have been together as long as we have thirty years can still have these types of falling out. You can still have anger that could be misplaced. Yeah, and or that,
1: that scenario could have ended an entirely different way.
0: Yeah, if, we could
1: have stopped talking. We could have, you know, it. Could but have
0: both of us it. were both of us value our relationship more than anything else.
1: So we reevaluated the situation.
0: Right. And that's sometimes what has to be done because if that anger is a possibility that it could be misplaced or it could be out of order or out of proportion to the situation, sometimes you have to choose, is this important enough in my life that I am willing to put my ego and my pride aside? Yeah. Because we both had to apologize. She apologized first and then I apologized because I knew like
1: I it always, was my turn. I always apologize first. Yeah.
0: <laughs> She she does not have the ego that I have. I will admit that.
1: <laughs> That's because I fucked up so much. I know. <laughs> I know that I have had to do very many apologies. I'm used to. It. And mine,
0: I'm very stubborn. It takes a lot. It takes a lot to sway my belief or my uh, perception. It takes a lot to sway my perception on anything, which is why I wasn't affected the same way she was. Um, but. That's another thing to keep in mind, like she said. Um, Physical activities are really great for releasing anger. You guys know that I will support that. I'm a runner. I work out sometimes. I will just, I don't know, get out in nature, hike, anything that can kind of reset my mind or change my energy so that it's not stagnant. Even this weekend, I've been working on two papers and it's been driving me nuts and I was so agitated and irritable. And I really should have continued working on that paper, but I took the girls to the park because I needed I needed to get away. I couldn't stay in that same state of mind and actually successfully do anything. Because if I wouldn't have gotten out and moved my body and gotten outside and did something to kind of process the irritation that I had with the papers, then I would not have been in the state to be the mother that I want to be. Or to successfully finish my papers. Or to successfully do what I needed to do the rest of the day. So sometimes taking time out for yourself to do some sort of physical activity can help. Um, Professional help is there. If you have anger management issues, there are anger management courses. There are anger management coaches. You can talk to therapists. You can talk to counselors. You can talk to people who have experienced it. That can help you get down to where this anger is coming from. And that will kind of open up your possibilities as well. And then one of the most important things to remember in any mental health, emotional, any of that journey is to be patient with yourself. Be patient with yourself. Be kind to yourself. Be compassionate to yourself. Because you are a human. These things are going to happen. They just do. That's part of being human. It's one of the things that sets us apart from all the other animals is that we have the capacity to feel emotions and feel them at an intensity that affects the way that we function throughout the day. Animals don't have that. That's why you have lions that can kill without remorse. Or, well, lionesses, because the lions lay there while the lioness hunts. (laughs) But, you know, you know what I mean? That's why there are animals that can kill without remorse, because they don't have the emotional mindsets that humans have. To them, it's survival and that's it. Their brain doesn't go above survival. Our brains have evolved to where we get emotions involved. And it does not matter who you are, you will not be able to escape your emotions forever. So be patient with yourself and kind with yourself and compassionate towards yourself. Plus, developing those things towards yourself will help you develop those things towards others and come from a more understanding perspective, even if it's not the perception that you have.
1: Yes, as my Reiki master would say, give yourself some grace.
0: Yes, I love that. That's such a good point. But I think that's about it for this week, unless there's anything else you want to say on it.
1: No, I'm ready for a nap.
0: (laughs) I think my cats are too. Um, So next week we'll talk a little bit about high-functioning depression, then high-functioning anxiety. And if we don't get any requests or suggestions, I think I'm going to talk a little bit about Life in the Blue Zones because that's super fascinating. And I'll have to update Kelsey on that because she doesn't know what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, I just looked at her with like she had five
0: heads. Yes, (laughs) but it's a fascinating subject and a fascinating study. And there are several different aspects to it that will have a little bit to do with mental health, but will also be just about lifestyle in general, like lifestyle, wellness, holistic health, It's not going to be anything crazy or woo-woo spiritual. It just is a study that was done on blue zones. And in these blue zones, people are living to be over 100 years old. And it's very, very common for people to live within 100 years old or live up to 100 years old or over 100. And there was a guy who did a study on all of these blue zones to figure out.
1: Why don't you just save it for the episode? Oh, yeah,
0: I could. I could.
1: Come on. You're going to give it all away. I'm
0: just excited. I'm excited about it. <laughs> but that'll be a fun episode to do after we do the high-functioning anxiety and high-functioning depression. Because I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. And not knowing that you're, there's nothing wrong with you. You just are a high-functioning person. And I think that
1: high-functioning depression and anxiety gets overlooked a lot. Yeah. I because I think it makes people feel very... Um, insecure and unsafe not like alone yeah just alone because people don't realize what's going on right i lived like that most of my life so
0: me too high functioning anxiety over here
1: yeah so but. i think that that yeah it's overlooked a lot so there there should be some good material there
0: yeah and we look forward to talking to you guys next time if you think this episode will help someone you know please share it Give us a rating and review. Um, The more ratings and reviews that we get that are positive, the more this episode will get shared or this podcast gets shared. So then we can reach more people because that is what it's about. Uh, We're not in this for the money. We make no money off of this podcast.
1: Nah, we work for free.
0: But we want to give people resources that may not have resources or may not know
1: that they even need resources. Yeah, so go rate us.
0: And share.
1: only Only if it's five stars. Yeah. Don't give us a one. No.
0: <laughs> if, you, if you do need to give us a one, then DM one of us or message us, <laughs> and then we'll figure out. And
1: we'll try out. to fix it. Yeah.
0: We'll, we'll fix it. We're
1: very accommodating.
0: Yes. But until next time, I guess we'll talk to you later.
1: Yes. Goodbye.